So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Okay, I got a five-star review here from the Mom 7 The Mom 7 says, great show, especially Market Insights episode. I love all the episodes. But the Market Insights episodes, which by the way, she's talking about state of the market, enable me to understand the larger national scene and have a broader understanding of the national real estate market outside of my small area. Keep them coming. Thank you, Mom007. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great returning guest, and here's the shocking thing. It's been a long time, 182. This dude was uh, episode 182. Now we're pushing on 900 here, and um, and uh, so I just feel so lucky to have him back. So I'm excited for today, guys. You, you are in for a treat. Hold on. We're going to dig deep, deep into some things on the economy, on real estate today, real estate yesterday, real estate in the future, all things real estate. Mr. Jason Hartman is back. Jason, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Thanks for the warm welcome back, and it's good to be here. Yeah, it's been a long time since episode 182. <laughs> hey, why don't you uh, give everybody a little rundown on who you are, Jason, so they get to know you better? Sure. I started in traditional real estate, and I'll distinguish what traditional real estate means compared to what I'm doing now. Back when I was 19 years old, I was in my first year of college and I became uh, very successful very quickly. Started with Century 21. I was just there for nine months. And then I went to Remax and um, had a 12-year career at Remax. And uh, by the time I was 24, I was number 59 in the world for Remax. And uh, back then, I think that was a pretty good accomplishment because there wasn't much thinking or training in the real estate business back then about how to really run it as a business path. Nowadays, there's a lot of that. The industry has definitely matured. So it's more competitive, but there's also a lot more tools nowadays too. Uh, back then, you know, it was, it was 
it was kind of much much less mature industry. And I remember one of the funny things uh, is, is that uh, realtors were so paranoid about the internet and mm. they thought that AT&T, if you can believe this, AT&T was going to start their own MLS. And back then, uh, you know, uh, realtors really were very protective of that MLS data. And uh, now we've seen that change. So a lot has changed in the, in the way the market. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone was paranoid about the, yeah. the MLS going public. Right. And then when it is public now, it, it, it hasn't seemed to be the crisis. It's almost like Y2K when everybody right. thought, you know, the world was going to end. Uh, the world hasn't ended. Uh, the commissions haven't. Uh, plummeted. Uh, that was the big prediction. Once the once the MLS was public, then there would be no need for realtors, and uh, and the commissions would then plummet. So, what do you have to? What, what do you think? You know, what do you think about that? It's just is it always going to be like that? The yeah. more and more disruptive technologies that come out. Everybody is always fearful of disruptive technology. Of course, uh, that's you know throughout history. I mean, uh, I'll tell you a funny story about that. When a man named Elias Howe invented the sewing machine, mm. everybody, including women, uh, and not to sound uh, sexist or anything, but, you know, this is the way the world uh, <laughs> different. That's who but sewed it, back 100 it, years ago, right? I mean, everybody, well, men didn't sew. In, including women thought this is going to be a terrible disruptive technology because what are we going to do with all our spare time? Mm. Well, they seem to have figured something out, right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, you know, all, all this stuff is never as worrisome as it seems to be. It does require us to adapt, um, you know, in any storm, uh, the trees still standing after the storm are the ones that are flexible, that bend, that bend with the wind, that can adapt. And the ones that get knocked down are the ones who are, that, re that refuse to bend, right? Mm. And so we need to adapt to things. Now, I would say that the uh, public, uh, well, I guess the, the sort of the public access to the, what is basically the MLS in one form or another nowadays has mostly helped listing agents more than buyer's agents, uh, but it can help either side of that equation. I was a listing agent. I'm still a fan of being a listing agent. And, but, but yeah, you know, the industry is still here. Uh, everybody has realized that a house or any kind of property for that matter, is not a commodity like an airline ticket or a stock or a bond. Uh, it's a complicated asset. You know, two houses right next door to each other can be very different. And you need an actual person, an actual human who has experience, brains to help guide that uh, buyer or seller through that process. So uh, the industry has not gone away. I will tell you, though, I read an article a couple of years ago about something I think really could be a, a major disruptor if it happens. Let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, the, the public pretty much has access to the data now. The data is not protected anymore like it right. used to be in the old days. Okay, the MLS was like this this club, okay? Right. And, and, and the national... You needed a realtor to get it. Right, right. And the National Association of Realtors was very protective of that. Well, the one part that the realtors still have control of is access, access to the actual property, right? Uh, they have the lockbox key. Mm -hmm. Temporarily. I mean, now on rentals, I don't know about your rentals, but 
a lot of my rentals now are going to, um, you know, electronic lock boxes and uh, cameras because cameras are so cheap. You can see who's yeah. in and out of the house. Right, right. Um, by the way, I'd love to hear more about exactly how you're executing on that because I, I know some of our clients are using that. They're using the electronic locks or lock boxes and, uh, you know, where people can use, put an app on their phone, get access and so forth uh, for a vacant rental. But when it's an occupied house, it's still the real estate agent that's really- When it's an occupied house, yeah. yeah. Today, when it's an occupied house. But my opinion is that in the future, cameras are so cheap that people will have 75 cameras per house. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if it's an occupied house and you go out and take your dog for a walk or you go get some coffee, you're going to know everything and anything of what someone's doing in your house and it's going to be recorded. Sure. But go ahead. I, I don't want, I don't want to piss on your parade there. Well, so well, keep, no, going, no. I mean, keep it, talking about <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but what you're referring to is kind of the concept of Amazon key, right? Mm, yes. That yes, Amazon indeed. key program yeah. where, uh, you know, you can authorize the delivery person to go inside your house and leave your packages, right? Correct. And so, so that's all a possibility. We'll see how it goes. But the one I was specifically referring to is that I remember reading an article that Zillow was trying to do a deal with Uber uh, to provide lockbox keys to Uber drivers. Now, if you think about it, granted that Uber probably doesn't have a real estate license, but you know what? They are screened to one extent or another, and they're somewhat vetted. And, you know, if they, if you could go see houses with an Uber, that could be a game changer. That, that's interesting. Let's think about this, guys. So everybody, I just want to, everyone to stop and think about this. If you're going to put your life in an Uber of a random person, right? Again, you're talking about a random person. Why wouldn't you let that same random person in your house? If he's not going to kill you while you're in his car, he's probably not going to kill you, you know, while he's in your house. It's, it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, concept there. Hmm. It, it, if, if the access to the property is not controlled by the real estate agent, that is, I think, legitimate disintermediation. And I think the industry ought to be concerned about that. Who knows if it'll ever happen, but it's something to th- definitely think about, right? Something to think about. So, yeah. so in, in most other countries... Right, you look through Europe, Australia, New Zealand, a lot of these other countries where real estate is legitimate commerce that buys and sells. The buyers uh, pay the broker, right, just like they would pay a lawyer, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the average commission outside of North America is a full percentage less. Uh, like they say, the average commission, and I'm going to round, is, is like 1.5 everywhere else outside of North America. But in North America, it's average 2.65. And, and the reason that they say, and this, this is all based on articles, is because that uh, the buyers are paying the agent direct themselves, and thereby they're negotiating it and saying, hey, this is, you're only worth one and a half. And that's going to happen where it could very possibly happen, especially if the agent doesn't have to show many houses and they act just like a lawyer acts. So what are your thoughts on that, Jason? Uh, my thoughts are we'll see. 
know what? It's, it's kind of anybody's guess where this is going to go. Mm. I used to say that the real estate industry, as much as everybody talked about change and disruption, I used to say when I, I, I used to teach seminars to agents on general success, but also a lot on direct mail and, uh, and stuff like that and farming. And uh, it, it was like this big giant marshmallow. You know, you can take your fist, you can swing it, you can hit the marshmallow and you pull your fist back and the marshmallow, it just returns to the way it was, right? And that's kind of mm-hmm. how the industry was. And, uh, you know, we'll see, man. I don't know. We'll see, right? Yeah. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. It's Team Tober here at Rebus University, and we're running a special for Real Estate Rockstar Nation. This special is going to save you 90% on your team's real estate training and the cool thing is as a team leader you don't got to do nothing just put your team to work on this incredible training here's how it works this week it's the certified buyer agent course buy the certified buyer agent course yes carrie shaw a billion dollar realtor whose agents average a quarter million dollars in gross commissions each teaches this exclusive course that where if you buy one, you get nine free. That means one person on your team takes it, the other nine can take it as well simultaneously or separately, no time limit. And the cool part about it is you can talk about this on your team meetings. You could talk about what did you learn? How are you gonna close more buyers this year? I guarantee you, you take this course you're going to close a multiple of buyer deals just as a result of using these strategies that Carrie Shaw teaches. So to get essentially 90% off, which is buy one, get nine free, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash teams. This offer is only valid for this week only. Next week will be another course. That's hybendigital.com slash teams. So you buy and sell a lot, right? You're, you're, you're out there buying and selling tons of stuff. You and I have known each other for a while. We've 
talked about different deals that we're, we're both in and that sort of thing. Talk to me about what you know, um, what's going on, where you're buying, where you're selling, where you're holding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, just so your listeners have a little background because it's been since yeah, please. Show yeah. Two, it's been a while. Uh, uh, what I do now, I sold my traditional real estate company to Coldwell Banker in uh, 2005. And ever since then, I've been working 100% with investors. It, I, I always loved real estate investing. That's why I got into the business when I was 19 years old. And I bought my first rental property at age 20. And, uh, and so basically what we do now is I have a company that just helps investors buy properties nationwide. It's essentially a referral network uh, and an education and support network. We have software uh, that can help people buy and manage their properties and, and things like that. So in terms of uh, the markets, we, Pat, we divide them into kind of three categories, linear, cyclical, and hybrid markets. And the linear markets are the boring ones that don't get much attention. These are the markets we like, okay? So examples of that would be Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Dayton, Ohio, you know, some areas in like, uh, like York, Pennsylvania, okay? Little Rock, Arkansas, Indianapolis, some areas in North Indiana as well, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Quad Cities area, Kansas City. You know, these types of linear markets that don't make the news much, they kind of just chug along and do their thing, right? They produce really good cash flow. They've got low cost, entry level bread and butter type housing that is really good for rental properties. Uh, I grew up, by the way, in Los Angeles, spent most of my adult life in Orange County and Newport Beach and Irvine. Those are cyclical markets, very expensive, cash flow never works. They're speculative. They have uh, glorious highs in the market and really ugly lows uh, in, in recessionary times. And so we help people buy properties in these linear. Linear meaning markets. line, right? Yeah, they're they're right. flat, right? Yep. They don't go Pretty up flat. and down yep. value wise, but, they, but they, they're always renters looking to rent them. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, uh, they, they go up slowly. They just chug along. They're very consistent. And when the downturn happens, you know, the downturn is minor. Okay. Uh, so, so this is the type of thing we do now. And I still think those markets are very solid and very strong. Inventory is very tight, very constricted. Uh, your agents that are listening that are in any of these markets in the Midwest and the Southeast, the, there's just nothing to buy hardly. I mean, inventory is very, very tight. But if you look at along the West Coast or in the expensive, expensive Northeastern markets or, uh, or you know, South Florida, like Miami area, Fort Lauderdale, uh, those markets are starting to experience some signs of of, of I don't want to say collapse, but correction, okay? Um, certainly New York is seeing that a lot. And, uh, and so, that, you know, it's, it's like a tale of two cities, you know, to use an old cliche, right? It, it really is. These are very different markets. I can't stand it when you hear someone come on the news and talk about the housing market. You know, where the heck is the housing market? Is it in Miami or LA or Chicago or, uh, or Memphis? You know, I don't know where the housing market is. It's too big a country to talk about the housing market. It's, it's just a generic soundbite. It doesn't give an accurate, uh, an accurate statement about what's really going on. Yeah, fascinating. And what, what was the third, the third category? Hybrid. Yeah, thanks Hybrid. for Hybrid, okay, Hi talk to me about that. 
Hybrid's easy. It's just in between linear and cyclical, right? <laughs> okay. And, and, but some examples of hybrid markets. Yeah, give me some examples. Would be places like Denver, Austin, and mm -hmm. Phoenix. Those are hybrid. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Denver, Austin, and Phoenix. Great. Yeah. Now, you know, Phoenix is probably cyclical. I mean, that thing popped up and then crashed just like California did in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, but, but let's talk about Austin because Austin – you know, the whole last time everything went crazy, right? All the, all the cyclical markets went very high in the last bubble. Austin was linear, right? Most of Texas, almost all of Texas was linear. Yeah. This time around, not at all, right? So, so at what point does, does, does Texas or Austin and Dallas and San Antonio, what time, at what point do they become labeled cyclical? That's a great question, and they do change. So you're very, very perceptive to bring that up because I would also throw into the hybrid mix. I would throw in Dallas and Atlanta into hybrid, mm. uh, formerly only linear, okay? Yeah. Uh, but as economies in these places become more diversified and as the tax burden and the regulatory environment bec it becomes more onerous, in places like my former home, I call it the Socialist Republic of California. <laughs> it's a California is a disaster. Okay, look, you know the, the middle class is fleeing California. Okay, and they're going to places like Dallas, you know, for example, and and many of the other hybrids we mentioned, and uh, Salt Lake City would be a hybrid too. Okay, so there's lots of hybrids, right? Mm, okay, but. So they do change, and Atlanta's now a hybrid because Atlanta, uh, a few years ago, had like 10, 11% appreciation. You can't call that linear anymore, okay? It's just not. Yeah, uh, right, you can't. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thing that's important to realize for your listeners, and, you know, there's a lot more information on my podcast about this uh, and, and at my website, jasonhartman.com, but the thing to realize is that most of the planet is linear. Most of the world is a linear market. Okay, so, you know, when you hear uh, things from around the world about how markets are around the world, real estate around the world is crashing, right? You know, where? If that's the question, right? The vast majority of the world is linear. So that statement is false, false, false when they say things like that. The problem is that the only newsworthy markets are really cyclical markets. So if you mm. look around the world, the cyclical markets would be places that are all the trophy cities of planet Earth, right? They're Hong Kong, London, Dubai, Paris. You know, these kinds of markets are cyclical. They have incredible stories. Um, linear markets, there's just not much to say about them ever. And that's why the news media doesn't talk about them very much because there's just, you know, it's not sensational. The news media likes sensational things. They like, you know, uh, if it bleeds, it leads, like the old saying in the news business. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. What, what? That's funny. I never heard that. So, so yeah. what's your favorite linear market? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's like uh, asking a, a mom or a dad, who's your favorite? You got to have one this week. I mean, <laughs> certainly this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Indianapolis and Memphis have really been. Indianapolis uh, and Memphis. Indiana, Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, yeah. that's interesting because. Those have really been two of our longest running just. Longest running. So, you know, I mean, that, that's an interesting word that you use yeah. because I know some people that have certainly doubled their money in Memphis, mm -hmm. you know, so, but, but it could mean nothing, right? It could have just, you know, interesting. Anyways, keep talking. Well, the thing is, 
you know, that's like right there, that statement. If, you're, if your buddy told you, I doubled my money in Memphis, that really needs to be dissected, right? You know, what does that mean? Does that mean the house doubled in value? That's the way most people interpret that. Yes, yeah. Um, really, you got to look at cash flow, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and so that's a big part of the equation. And, um, and uh, you know, it just needs to be dissected a lot more. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Pat Hyben. And before we jump back into today's content, I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer from an extraordinary company. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistance for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators. Marketing assistants, I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents at prospect, thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals so you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything it's called scaling your business with virtual professionals and you can get it real easy all you got to do is text the word hyben h-i-b-a-n to 31996 that's h-i-b-a-n to 31996 and download your free book scaling your business with virtual professionals and don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you guys, and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk.
one of the simple rules that will help, well, really two simple rules that will help people understand what type of market they're in and where they are in the cycle of the market, because even linear markets have cycles. They're just not very pronounced. Uh, will is what I call the LTI ratio. This is one of my LTI. Go ahead, break that LTI. down. It's one of my trademark terms. I created this ratio uh, because uh, unlike the LTV ratio, which everybody's heard of, the loan, loan to, to value, market, yeah, right? LTI, yeah. The LTI is the land to improvement ratio. Land to improve. Oh, this is cool. Okay, yeah. land to improvement. Generally, you know, from a builder standpoint, is the old adage, right? You build a house, the the, the lot should be a third, should mm -hmm. be 33% of the total package should be your land. So what do you recommend on the LTI? This will be interesting. Good question. Good question. So I use the example in, in you know, when I'm speaking at our conferences or at someone else's event, I, I always use the example of the last house I lived in in Orange County, California. Okay. This house, when I bought it was $815,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my first tax bill and I don't remember the exact numbers, but roughly the tax bill said, because it divides the land and the improvement because yeah. they assess them differently. Okay. So the tax bill from the Orange County tax collector said that your land is worth like $659,000. <laughs> And the structure is worth like 156000 or something like that. Does that add up mm -hmm. to 15? I don't know. Whatever it is. Anyway, something no, like that. I like that. this. Okay, keep going. The improvement of that equation was 19%. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. And so the land was 81% of the value. Yeah, disaster. Now, what happened, I remember I had this girlfriend at the time. Her name was Monique. She tried to talk me out of buying that house because she thought it was overpriced. And uh, her mom was in new home sales, so she kind of thought she knew the business. Well, we ended up breaking up. I bought the house, okay? <laughs> and, and a year later, uh, I noticed the price is going up, and I thought, man, I, I, should, I should refinance, pull some money out, buy some more cheap rental properties around the country, which I did. The appraiser came over, and he said, congratulations, Mr. Hartman. Your house is now worth $1.3 million. Hmm. And I thought, the house went up in a year, 485,000 bucks. But do I ever love real estate? I really do. I really love it. And so I refinanced the house. I, I did some cash out. I got a lower rate and I bought some more rental properties with my refi money. That turned out to be a very good decision. Well, then the rates came down a little more. So I invited the same lender to refinance me again. Now, this is at a time when the whole country was refinancing every six months. So, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. weird by today's standards, but back then, it was yeah. a normal thing. Okay. And so, I refied again, and the appraiser came over and said, I got bad, and it was the same guy. His name was Eric, by the way, and he came to one of my seminars, and I was telling yeah, him, he was, he was sitting right there. And, um, and then uh, he said, I got bad news for you this time. Your house has gone down in value by 50 grand. And it's only worth 1250000 So here's the lesson in that, Pat. Right as, I was buy, right as I was buying this house, I bought another house across the country. And this house was $159,000. And my insurance agent called me. And her name was Jennifer. And she was an insurance broker in Irvine. They did nationwide insurance. And she said, on this house that you bought for $159, we're going to give you 
$135,000 of insurance. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me they don't insure the land. They only insure the improvement. So the land is worth 15... 24,000. 24,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... That means the house could burn down and they got to pay a claim for insurance, right? right? So you got a $24,000 lot. I got a $24,000 lot there. And where was that? California. That was in Georgia. Okay. And in California, I got a lot that now at the peak of the market Mm -hmm. is worth arguably $1.1 million. Yep. Just the dirt only. So this is interesting. So at what point do you say, Jason, you know, that the LTE, I, I, LTI, yeah, LTI ratio is too much time to sell. Yeah. Well, definitely when it's 1.3 million or 1.25, it's time to sell for sure. Because no, when it's, when it's what percentage? Well, the, uh, about 25 to 30%. 25 to 30%. What, what the land is worth 25 to yeah, I want the improvement to be most of the value. And I'll tell you why. Here, here's the lesson. Because the, the question for that story I've been telling you is when the big house that I lived in went down in price by $50,000, mm-hmm. where did that destruction in value come from? Did it come from the land or the improvement? That's the question. Hmm. And I say- Yeah, and, and cl- clearly people would look at that example and be like, okay, that therein lies a tear down, right? And there's a lot of markets where that's happened and they yeah. tear well, it down. Well, that was a brand new house. So you weren't going to tear that one down. <laughs> okay. It was a brand new house in California? Oh, it was brand new when I bought it. It was only oh, a year old shit. when I first had it appraised and two years old at the second appraisal. Oh my God. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, the cost of construction has to be you know, more than 15% or 20% of the cost of the- whole project that's interesting so well, i mean on, let's on, say on let's say you're gonna be, let's say you're let's say you're in a linear market linear market and you're gonna buy a piece of land and build on it what do you want the land to be worth compared to the house what do you want the lti to be well in for example if if someone listening right now went to my website jasonhartman.com shameless self-promoter and and they went to the property section what they would see even now in this market in most of our properties they're basically getting the land for free now it's not going to look that way on an appraisal but i'll tell you how i know that because i know what it costs to build a house in Mm. any of the markets and the all-in price per square foot they're going to pay is somewhere between 80 and 120, 130 bucks per square foot. And you can't build it for much less than that. Probably it's going to be more to rebuild it. So if, if you had replacement insurance on that property and it burnt to the ground, your insurance company would have to spend a lot more to rebuild that house than what you paid for it. And that's how you know you've got a pretty safe bet, okay? Even in a recession, granted, properties in a recession, uh, if it's a really bad one, they can sell below the cost of construction. But that construction cost, Pat, sets something of a safety net, a Mm. floor 
on your potential downside risk. I, I call this whole equation, and it's more complicated than this. I've tried to explain it without any graphics, which I, you know, when I do it live. No, this is, this is good stuff. I think all the real estate agents listening to this are going to be looking at tax, uh, tax records now of their own houses and of every house that they look at to sell or, or list yeah. or, you know, appraise in a completely different the, light. There's two other ways besides the tax records. There's an appraisal and the insurance. There's, so there's three ways, tax records, appraisal, insurance, three ways you can tell your land value, right? Uh, versus your improvement value. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, Jason Hartman recommends, you know, try to get that uh, obviously as low as possible, but less than 10% your recession proof. You're never recession-proof completely. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, in a normal recession, Pat, yeah, you probably are. But in something like the Great Recession that we had 10 years ago, that mm -hmm. one was, that was hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime event. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, or a twice. Well, less than 10%, though. Less, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a good way to look at it. All right. You can, I call this the Hartman risk evaluator. It's a whole equation that I've, I've created around this concept. Another way you can determine where you are in the market cycle is uh, what I simply call the rent to value ratios. Now, yeah, other I like people this. talk about yeah, RV ratios, uh, but the way I figure it out is just really simple. There are other ways people state this. Yeah. I mean, most, most, if you go to bigger pockets or you go to, you know, a lot of these different sites, um, you know, everybody is, is hooked on the 1% rule. Right. And, which is which is same as your equation, which is, you know, the rent, the monthly rent, right, should be 1% or more than what you pay for the house. So what, what does your rent equation say? It's 1% is ideal. If you can get, you know, if the, if the property is $100,000 and you can get $1,000 per month for 11 months of the year, that's a pretty awesome deal. Boom. Can you do that nowadays? It's getting tougher and tougher. Hmm. And the quality of the property is going to go down lower and lower. Hmm. I want your listeners to be careful of what we call the myth of the thirty or $40,000 house. Uh, those, <laughs> I want to talk to you about that because yeah. you're right, because that's what happens like a you know, if you're chasing that 1% rule, which a lot of investors have right. and are, you know, you, you can find it. It's much easier to find the lower the price of the property or the yeah. worse the area, let's yeah. just say, right? So, so, what, so talk about this. Yeah, you, Pat, great point that you bring up. Um, look at, the, your, it, does, it, it starts to fail, when you get below about $60,000. Okay. okay. So um, why? And, and the reason it does is because when you get into these C and D class properties, uh, and listen, you know, our clients, some of them- C and D guys means, yeah. a, he's talking about age, right? They're, they're yeah. just old. Well, not just age, but just the quality of the neighborhood and the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ages, bad, rougher areas, yeah. probably areas you wouldn't live yourself. I mean, look at, there are really old class A homes out there in nice neighborhoods for sure. But, you know, it, you, you get the point, you know, yep, what, yep. What we're about, right? A, B, C, D class. And these properties, when the rent gets too low, when you buy a house that's $50,000 and you think you're going to rent it for $500 a month, and you might, what you discover, Pat, is that you're dealing with a class of people that has nothing to lose. And they just, and, you know, if they don't pay the rent and you have to evict them and they damage the property, it's just not enough money that it's worth, it's just not worth chasing them. You know, if, if they're a, a higher 
caliber of tenant and they uh, they skip out on you and they damage the house, you know, if you go uh, through the process and get a judgment, you have the possibility of actually collecting on it. On, on the really low end of the market, you're just probably never going to collect. Now, granted, look, everything I say, there's always a, an exception because certainly there's someone listening that has made a lot of money in low-end properties. And, you know, it's just a different type of investor. If you, if that's going to be your specialty and you're going to be really good at it, you're going to pay a lot of attention to it, you can certainly do well with it, okay? There are, there are very rich slumlords out there, no question. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm teasing them a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's got to be a focus and a special. And your and obviously and your risk is lessened, right? If you if you rent government housing, if you you know if you have an apartment building and the government rents the whole thing, or or you have Section Eight and they're they're paying your rent for you. Yeah, it you know, and there are some people that love Section Eight and some people that hate Section Eight. It's it's good and bad. You know, the government does pay the rent, but you got to put up with government bureaucracy, and uh, and you got to put up with tenants who are on the dole, and again have that nothing to lose mentality. So there are some good things about it because if they're really bad, they could be kicked out of the Section Eight program, and when they're kicked out, they're kicked out for life in most cases, or at least that's my understanding. I've never kicked one had one kicked out before uh so they do have something to lose in that sense but it's I, hard to kick in a, a, a lot of the programs because i have some yeah it's difficult right yeah. you know i've had tenants not pay me for a year and um wow because the tenant because the tenant always has to pay something you know some yeah. sometimes if they're really lucky they get 100 percent rent paid but usually there's 30 40 20 that the tenant has to pay and I, i've had tenants screw me over on their portion for a year and, and, oh, okay. and go so and get another section eight. Portion, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. You always get the government portion, yeah, right. but that, that sometimes is only 60% of the rent. Yeah. 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 No, uh, very, very interesting statistics for sure. Um, let's talk about real estate agents in general. What do you think? Like if you, here's a great question, right? If Jason Hartman was a real estate agent today, starting out and only had like say a thousand bucks, you know, how would you, you know, become the top agent in your office really fast. Well, that's pretty much how I did start out. <laughs> I had a lot less than a thousand bucks when I started. Uh, and, and you know what? I still think, I mean, look at technology changes, but people don't change that much. The basic mm. concept of human nature has not changed in, a, in, in any significant way. Uh, and, you know, the way you know this is just read scripture, right? You know, people are the same creatures they were 2,500 years ago, in in essence, right? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, you know, we all have the same needs. We all have the same uh, flaws. We all have the same jealousies and envies and revenge. And, you know, these are just good and bad parts of our nature. Indeed. We all want community and connection and love. And, uh, you know, it's it's just the human creature is still the same. I mean, we evolved very slowly. Okay. And so what I would do is exactly what I did before. I would, I would be a farmer. I would pick a small neighborhood that has, or is going to have, and you know, there are some different ways to predict this and think about it, a decent amount of turnover of properties. That's not you know, totally established where nobody ever sells their house for 30 years. Uh, and I would get to know everybody in that neighborhood. I mm. would 
I would knock on their door. I would host a, a party at the pool. I would, <laughs> you know, I might live there and be a neighbor and invite people over to my house. You know, things like this, uh, just creating relationships with people and diving deep. I was a very, very good farmer in, in the old days when I was in real estate. And one of the mistakes I made as my career matured and I, I became really successful. I took on one farm and, you know, my signs were everywhere. I was, I was far and away the number one agent in that, in that area. And then I would take on another one. I'd dominate that farm and then another one and I'd dominate that one. And it was all going great. But I got to a point where I just bit off more than I could chew and I just couldn't uh, maintain relationships with everybody and all those yeah. areas. Yeah, yeah, that's typical. I, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. I mean, same thing happened to me. And then I can remember looking back at one point going, man, if I had just kept that farm, you know, yeah. I could, my farms kind of went up in price range. Mm -hmm. So I'd have, I've, you know, if, if, if I'd have farms that were four times the price range of what my farm was, you know, 10 years earlier. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when the market started shifting and the lower price stuff started crushing it and the upper end started hating life, I was like, damn, why did I give up that, you know, all those townhouses that are selling right. for 300,000? I they could were be moving, crushing it. Up. Right? Yeah. They were really moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. That's, that's true. So I, I think, relationships, farming, that's the way to go. The lesson I learned from that is I would rather be number one with a small group than mm. number two with a large group because there's no number two. You either get the business or you don't. Yeah, that's and, great advice. And, and, it's, and the agents have been working that angle for decades and uh, centuries and it just, and it keeps working and it works today. So let's wrap this up, Jason, and talk about your free gift. You're, you're actually giving five free gift, five ebooks here everybody that comes on the show just brings something guys sure. i'm going to put this on j uh, i'm going to put this on hybendigital.com backslash jason hartman and the number two because this is his second time on hybendigital.com backslash jason hartman and the number two go ahead jay tell me a little bit about this good stuff so uh i'm going to donate and i love the this tradition pad it's it's really awesome how you do that on your show i'm going to donate uh five of my uh, ebooks for you and uh, uh i'm going to hand pick them so i've got uh quite a few and i'm going to hand pick five of them and donate them for your listeners okay that's awesome i really appreciate that guys and all of jason's information i'm going to put contacts all his, i'm going to put his website i'm going to put all his social media contacts if you want to reach out to him and say thank you so much for sharing and that you agree or you disagree, it'll all be on there. Hybendigital.com backslash Jason Hartman 2. And of course, his free gifts will also be in the Agent Success Toolbox, which can be found on Hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's Hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or just text the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Jason, you live in Florida now, so you're much easier to get to. Uh, from South Carolina, so I will definitely be looking up. What what part of Florida are you in? I'm Palm Beach. Palm Beach. I'll definitely if I'm in Palm Beach, I'll definitely look you up. We'll get together and break some bread. Sounds good. That would be good, Pat. And uh, to all your listeners, thanks for listening and uh, happy selling and happy investing. As a member of the Rock Star Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them. A free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. 
Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.